Thank you. Well, this ties in with what Bill has just been sharing. And um, it's something the Lord gave me about a year ago when this all started to sort of uh, happen and it started to become very evident that it wasn't just going away last summer and it was going to roll on. And um, obviously that's what we've seen. And then now, you know, like Bill was saying, again, we're given promises and then they're taken away. And we know that this is all part of like propaganda, psychological operations. That's what they do, promise and then take things away. So um, it's like, you know, the, the Stockholm Syndrome, if you've heard of that, like people are taken captive, but they become so used to being imprisoned wherever their prison is, their house or whatever, that when they're starting to be given a bit of freedom, then they actually are grateful to their captors. And then when it's taken away, it's a way of mass control. And um, we know that it only takes a few people to be able to control, you know, the countries, the, the world. Um, and so... What the Lord was showing me was um, the reason that this was possible in the first place. And I think the main thing is that there's been massive infiltration of the enemy. Um, and it's not just been in the church, although it definitely has been within the church. It's been in every every sphere of life, of modern life. And over the last, um, I mean, I've got a lot of research articles, a lot of things that if you do want to know where I get the information that I'm talking about, um, I can share it with you. But what's happened over the last, say, 35, 40 years is the enemy is very patient and while everything's been going on and things seem peaceful, there's no world war on the horizon, what the enemy's been doing is placing his people within things like corporate uh, organisations with a lot of control, like mobile phone companies, technology, banking system, uh, the big supermarkets, uh, the education um, of our children. They really want to get hold of the children and the church and hospitals and the health um, industry. And so why is our nation, the UK, and for us, Scotland, um, in the position it's in just now? And it's because there are people who are in power who are not elected. So we've got NGOs, non-governmental authorities that have been brought in, and they are the ones that are pulling the strings. They're the ones that are making their own decrees. Um, and the parliament is basically there as a, it's a, a show uh, for the public. And... 
There's a lot of good people that are elected, of course, because this doesn't take many people to happen. It doesn't take everybody in Parliament to all be in the know, because a lot of the times these are secret societies for a reason. And it's, if people are told, then it's on a need-to-know basis. It's like the way the secret service and things like that work. They don't all know what's going on, but in their particular department, they're told certain things. And it's like, as you know, the triangular pyramid tier system, they use the hierarchy of power. The I'll call them Luciferians because that's what they are. They worship Satan and you can call them Freemasons, you can call them Kabbalists, you can call them Satanists, you can call them uh, whatever you want, but they're basically all under the same heading of worshipping Lucifer, Satan. And um, so I believe what's happened, and I know this to be a fact, the devil's infiltrated the Christian church in the UK and in Scotland. And he's been able to do that through just having a few key people in leadership. That's all it takes. This, if you think of it as this pyramid all the time, and all the people that are to be controlled are in the bottom part, uh, and that's the masses, and the people who have the power and the authority, who are taking orders from Satan once they get right up to the top. Um, they are just few in number, but they're at the top, and it's like they delegate. You know, it's like a manager just, you know, in any sort of sphere in life, uh, naturally speaking, he can't do everything, so he delegates to people under him. And so we have this uh, pyramid style of hierarchy of control and power and that's how the luciferians operate and what they've done is they've infiltrated the church and so they've done that in the area of education they've got into the colleges and they have got into the pulpits and what's happened the last few decades is the Holy Spirit has been slowly, because the enemy's patient, slowly like uh, pushed to the side, pushed to the side more and more in services where the Holy Spirit's supposed to be able to openly minister and operate, like charismatic Pentecostal type situations where really the... Holy Spirit's allowed to move in places that are really quite small churches, independent churches who are not taking their orders from these, you know, big denominational uh, HQs. And um, so when I was praying about it, the Lord reminded me of uh, way back, I think it was mid-80s, um, the Lord led a few of us to Glasgow Cathedral. Um, we didn't know why we were going there, but he wanted us to go there and he would give us instructions when we got there. So maybe it was he didn't want us to talk to anybody about it. But 
Um, I've shared this before with uh, Bill and Agnes and with Jim and Marion, but when we got to Glasgow Cathedral, um, it was during the day like this, there was hardly anyone about, and uh, a few of us were able to just walk in, and we didn't know what we were looking for still, and then the Lord just said, keep walking, and there was actually a door like that with the curtains on it, and it was pulled to the side, you could see there was a door and it went further. But at that point, that was like the end of the church for anybody who came in from the public. Um, and the Lord said to go through that door with the curtain. So we did, and we walked all the way to the very back of the church, to the most ancient part of Glasgow Cathedral. And there, we couldn't believe our eyes because what we saw was a massive, big, wooden structure that had this huge stone that, quite honestly, immediately looked like some sort of sacrificial stone. And it was an altar because there were candles. And then when we looked up over the altar, there was a skull with the crossbones and 33rd degree Masonic uh, place and apparently that is where back then anyway um masons in the city would go and have ceremonies at different times of the year um and use this place so the lord told us to pray over it pray over the stone make decrees you know uh, pull down um and then we were told to go so we managed to get out without anyone knowing what we were doing and then in the news about a week or so later, it came on that there was a very ancient stone that had been in Scotland for a long, long time. And it had been in Glasgow Cathedral. And it was just a wee snippet in the news, Scottish News Channel. And it said that um, it was now leaving Scotland. It was on the plane and it was going to, I think it was Australia. And... That was quite interesting because at the time, people were trying to organise a march for Jesus in Glasgow and it was having all sorts of obstacles, you know, coming against it. And the other side of it was uh, Govan Parish Church. That was where it ended. The actual route was Glasgow Cathedral to Govan Parish Church. And the Lord took uh, a few people to Govan Parish Church. Similar things happened in the grounds there that the, the pastor there wasn't even aware of, prayed there, and then the next thing, it just opened up all the uh, permissions to have the March for Jesus were sort of rapidly granted. And that was a massive walk, anybody that remembers it, it was on it. And um, we went from Glasgow Cathedral all the way over and it was huge. Police stopped, you know, traffic. There was thousands and thousands of Christians. There was lorries with gigantic big speakers on the back of them, blaring out, shine Jesus, shine. Um, all these amazing worship songs and we're all singing along and it was incredible. So not that long after that, we had like the 
Toronto blessing hit Scotland and there was many incredible things that were happening with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's always going to be things that, you know, are OTT and, but you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. What you do is you ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of discerning of spirits of good and evil. And then he can tell you, you know, no, that's not of me. Um, but a lot of people just wanted to shut the whole thing down. And this is where it comes back to the story. Um, that was where I believe the infiltration had already started. And off the back of the Toronto blessing, a lot of things started to be sort of pulled, reined in. Now and again, there was different churches and they would have meetings that were just incredible. The Holy Spirit was, power was there. The Holy Spirit, the anointing was there. Amazing things happened. But over a period of about 30 plus years, it was evident that it was waning. It wasn't building up. People were talking about revival then, but it was actually waning. And it was um, becoming lifeless. When you went to a, a, a meeting, it was a timetabled, scheduled thing where you came in, you sat down. It was like clockwork every week. There really wasn't any difference from one service to the next. And it was all like orchestrated. And then you went home and then you come back the next week and repeat it. And maybe now and again, you go to a prayer meeting where... Uh, most of the time, when I was going to prayer meetings, um, last of you know few years, a lot of the time I heard people in leadership wanting the Lord to bless godless governments, and I was just you know Lord, you know this was where the imprecatory prayer comes in, and um, it wasn't. It wasn't um, accepted very well when I suggested that and it immediately was, no, we pray for our leaders, for the Lord to bless them, blah, blah, blah. So we have ended up in a position we're in today. When you do that, you're asking the Lord to bless what's evil and basically, you know, God is not going to do that. He's not going to bless something that goes against who he is, what he says in his word. And what the Lord was showing me that ties up with what Bill was saying was in Ezekiel, in chapter 8 and chapter 9, it's talking about Babylon. A lot of them had been in captivity. And Ezekiel was shown by the Lord what the actual root of the problem was and it was infiltration of the church and the Lord took Ezekiel into Jerusalem, into the city and he showed him secret meetings that were going on in the temple and it was supposed to be a hallowed place and it was only to be a place of worship and you know through Leviticus and all the different things there was so many different rules and regulations and cleanliness and all sorts uh, before the priest could 
actually go in, um, represent the people for their sins. And they, they used to put a bell round their ankle on a bit of a rope so that, you know, if that particular priest had sinned and hadn't dealt with it, then, you know, it just immediately get struck dead and they would sort of pull them back out with this rope because they'd ring it, they'd, they'd ring it and if, you know, they said a bell rang and they knew he was still alive, that was fine, but if they did that and there was nothing, they knew he was dead. So they'd literally just pull him back out. But what the Lord was showing Ezekiel was that the reason they were having so much trouble at that point was the temple had been infiltrated and it was infiltrated by the leaders and people in key positions and it was not widely known. And so the Lord showed Ezekiel, he pulled back the curtains and exposed it and it said that um, Ezekiel saw there were women and they were wailing and crying and worshipping Tamus. Uh, there was a God that had, you know, a child. It, it mirrored Christ, but it was um, a counterfeit. And this is what Ezekiel was shown, that within the temple, within the church of the day uh, that was supposed to be leading the people, there was worship to a God who was in that day the Antichrist, really. It was an Antichrist spirit. It was idolatry. And these people knew what they were doing. It wasn't a mistake. They were praying specifically to their gods. So they, it was all about Lucifer, Satan then. And the Lord then showed Ezekiel something that was very um, pertinent to what Bill was talking about with making decrees and precatory prayer. It said in Ezekiel 6, verse 8, uh, earlier on, the Lord is talking about a remnant. He actually says that word in the King James anyway. It talks about a remnant people and how he has put to one side a remnant that are his, that are not part of the secret idolatry that's going on in the temple that a lot of people have been sort of pulled into because the leaders are, you know, uh, teaching this to the people themselves. And so the Lord was showing Ezekiel, who's thinking, oh, this is just terrible. This is doom and gloom. There's no hope. I mean, what on earth can we do? And this is where the Lord says to Ezekiel, I've got a remnant and they have been put in place by me. And then the Lord showed Ezekiel that the remnant were people who were specifically praying to pull down and root out the idolatry within the church. They were the only people who were doing it and they were praying specifically to expose, to pull down, root out. And the Lord was answering their prayers. 
this small group, this remnant. And then the Lord showed Ezekiel angels that God instructed to go into Jerusalem, to go into the city, and he told the angels to mark the foreheads of those that God had put to the side that were his people and who were praying these imprecatory prayers, who were not going along with the evil that was going on in the temple and, and with the people. And he showed Ezekiel that those people, even though judgment was coming, because the Lord declared um, to Ezekiel that the angels had been given the power to basically completely take out everyone in the city. And this was God, not, not the enemy doing it. It was the Lord who was so disgusted with the idolatry and everything that was going on he was just going to deal with absolutely everybody in Jerusalem and included, you know, children. It's one of these verses where you're like, wow, everybody. And everybody that did not have the mark, the mark of God, the mark of this remnant who prayed imprecatory prayers, those people were not to be touched. Uh, the Lord showed Ezekiel that he had instructed the angels to, first of all, separate the people in the city that were part of this remnant that God had already um, decided upon, you know, who they were. And the angels were to go in and take the remnant to the side, they were protected from what was about to happen. And the rest of the people suffered terrible judgment. Um, that's what it says in Ezekiel. And so that what the Lord was saying to me about it was that although it can seem quite overwhelming sometimes, like, you know, the another rules changed and rules just change on a whim and people seem to have absolutely no control over their own lives with these rules that are being made at the top of the pyramid and the Lord wants us to know that's a lie from the enemy he wants us to give up he wants us to just lay down our weapons he wants us to just leave the battlefield and say no it's too much it's too much, Lord, you know. And God's saying, it doesn't expect us to do it in our own strength. I mean, that's impossible um, at the best of times. Um, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and it's like, that is said a lot. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about the power that is in us in Christ, who we are in Christ, and people will say that, but do they really believe it in their heart? Because 
if there's something that you truly believe in your heart, then you will do that thing if it comes to it. You'll walk that road because you know it's the truth. And even if there are obstacles, it won't put you off, especially when we're talking spiritually now, you know who you are in Christ, because a lot of this stuff that's going on, I just wonder how many Christians are actually coming up against this to pull it down and to uproot it in prayer, in imprecatory prayer, where it's no, 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 we are the remnant, we have the power of God in us, and when we decree a thing, it shall be established. Um, and you hear a lot of people coming against that, saying, name it, claim it. No, we're not talking about that. I mean, the heart plays a lot in this. You know, you can't just speak something and expect it to manifest. That's what New Agers do, law of attraction. Um, you know, the enemy is trying to counterfeit everything about the Holy Spirit with the New Age. And then some of the most dedicated people are Satanists, high-level Masons. They are dedicated. They are, you know, they, they go to their meetings and, and they all support each other. They know who they all are. You know, they, they um, will give business to a brother or someone that they know that's part of their, you know, secret group. And they all look after each other. They all watch out for each other's backs and they cover for one another. And they are very determined, you know, with their worship and what they do. And I see that the majority of people in the body of Christ seem to have probably become tired, spiritually exhausted, and also not really knowing what to do because the leaders are either praying for a godless government to be blessed and the godless government puts rules in place that affect the very children, grandchildren, um, they support the LGBTQ, whatever else they add on to it, agenda, uh, hate crime bills, you know, it can mean anything, probably what I'm saying just now. And so what they've been doing is over the last few decades, under the radar, setting all this up. It's not just been last year. And the coronavirus, we could talk about that for weeks, but there's a lot of lying, there's a lot of sleight of hand. These people use magic with a key, black magic. Uh, it would probably completely uh, shock many Christians to know what they do and how they operate. And they know what supernatural power is, even though their God is absolutely nothing compared to the Holy Spirit. 
but they know how to conjure things out of thin air. You know, flower, uh, gold ring. That's alchemy. Uh, some of it is anyway, where it goes all the way back. We were talking last week about Hermes and the medical symbol. And a lot of that's to do with hermetic magic and alchemy. And it's also spiritual. It's not just about turning lead into gold. It's manipulating things spiritually. And there's a lot of manipulation in the spirit going on right now with all of this COVID stuff, the Great Reset, climate change, the Green Agenda. All of these things have been around for a few decades now. But all of a sudden, they're coming together. And they're using now things like your carbon footprint. They're suggesting that lockdowns might have to happen in the future that are nothing to do with any infectious disease or whatever, but to do with climate change, to do with uh, net emissions. You know, the, the thing that has the most carbon are people. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's just the enemy's plans. It's like, uh, there's so many tentacles to this thing and like people have woken up a lot of them to what's going on with this uh, vaccine um but and the genetic modifications but they're 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 so far advanced with technology and what they can do what they have been doing that people were kept in the dark and so many people out there and inside the church are allowing it to continue by saying someone like me, someone probably like yourselves today, we're conspiracy theorists. Um, and that is just part of the PSYOP as well. Um, it's to silence us so that nobody listens to us. But I think it's just to leave... Um, you with a word of encouragement because all this could be quite negative, quite dark, quite, you know, forming a sort of sense of hopelessness if you don't know what to do about it. And we're victorious in Christ and we have got a battle going on right now, a battle for this nation, a battle for Scotland, a battle for our neighbourhoods, a battle for our families, a battle for ourselves. And the Lord's given us the weapons of our warfare and they are mighty. They're not carnal. They're through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's a lot of strongholds that have been set up in people's minds and it's in the church. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that the churches that are operating with government guidelines at the moment will become akin to a state-type-run church. And the remnant will be where 
the Holy Spirit is allowed to move unhindered. And it's through the remnant that the Lord is going to do miracles and healings. And because a lot of people don't want to go to a hospital. A lot of people don't want to go near a hospital. And we know that many people have had things happen to them because they didn't get tested in time. But we can pray for people to be healed. I still believe that it's not hopeless for people who've taken this injection, they've been duped, or they've taken it, you know, because they're terrified, or they're taking it because they've been manipulated by church leaders to love their neighbour. And God will deal with that. If somebody thinks that they are going to tell their home congregation or how many churches they have in the UK that that is the way to go, and if you don't, then by default, you are not loving your neighbour and you are selfish and all this. It's lies from the pit of hell. And sadly, it's coming out from the very churches themselves. So the Lord, I, I, I just think the Lord can still heal people who've taken the vaccine. His grace and mercy is so incredible. I think there may have to be an element, if not them, definitely us standing in the gap for them and repenting. Um, and then the Lord can move. But they have looked to other things before they've looked to him, talking primarily about people in the church. Um, so, yeah, it's to have hope at the end of the day, if we come together as well, I mean, we have the Holy Spirit in us on our own, but if we come together, even two or three of us gather together. And that can be on, we can use technology to our advantage. And we can also cherish places like here where we can meet and where it's, you know, been made available to us to come together, which is quite a thing in these days that we're living in. And it is such a joy to be able to do this. And the freedom that we had 18 months ago, it's now back to the Stockholm Syndrome, where we're glad if we don't want have to wear a mask in a church. It's absolutely incredible, but we know what's going on. And so we can pray imprecatory prayers. We can make decrees, Job 22, 28. And also we can... We can watch what we say because Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it goes on, you know, obviously like scripture, you've got to keep it in context too. But if we speak what God says, as he is, so are we in this world. And so we are the body of Christ. We are the remnant that he's put to one side for his purposes in these days, whether it's the last of the last of the last days, whether we have another few hundred years or whatever, that's really irrelevant. It's the situation that we're in right now and the weapons of our warfare right now, and we can go to battle with them in the spirit, because that's where this is going on in the spiritual realm. We have authority. The devil and devils are terrified of people who know who they are in Christ. They are. 
And the church has made it out to be the opposite. They're the ones who are cowering from this devil. Don't talk about him, don't give him glory. It's like we're not to be ignorant of his device of his devices. We're not giving him glory. We're educating people who don't know who they are in Christ and what the devil cannot do um, unless we allow it. Yeah, we get warfare, we get attacks, but the kickback is nothing compared to what the Lord is about to do through us. And that's how this country is going to be turned upside down, taken back for the Lord. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of um, judgment, but that'll be up to the Lord to decide because the people have turned away from God and, you know, they worship the scientism and all that. But, you know, we can be different. We can be part of the remnant of God in these days. And, you know, we've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. We know that. It's no coincidence. And so God has something for each of us to do in his army. Each of us have specific things to do and then also as a whole. And we can see things change. We can see things move. And the best place to be regarding protection from God is right in the centre of his will. And even if it looks really dangerous, God can make us invisible to the enemy. They do it a lot. They make themselves invisible to us like that. But God can make us invisible to them. And um, yeah, it's, it's, so I'll end there, but it's just to know who we are in Christ and to know that even back then Ezekiel was shown God had his people he had his remnant, and they were the ones that were praying against these people who had infiltrated the temple, infiltrated their society, and there is a way out, and we don't need to just sit down and, and, and just surrender, and um, we don't need to be part of the Stockholm Syndrome either. And we don't need to be afraid of the Johnston variant. Yeah. <laughs> okay.